Welcome to the Dear NICU Mama podcast. This podcast is a safe place to connect with other NICU moms by listening to interviews with trauma-informed medical and maternal mental health experts, remarkable stories from the NICU, and intentional roundtable conversations. Our hope is that you feel like you're sitting across the table from another NICU sister and feel seen and validated in your experience. No matter where you are on your healing journey, this podcast is here to remind you that you are not alone. Welcome to the Sisterhood. Hello, mamas, and welcome back to the Dear NICU Mama podcast. This is a long time coming. We have taken a little bit of a hiatus with the podcast to really just kind of refine and restructure and just come back with a brand new perspective and and fresh heart. And I am so excited to be back here with you today. Uh, Before we hop in, we have one very exciting announcement, and that is that we have a new Dear Nikki Mama podcast co-host, and it is the one and only Aisha. Aisha, hello. It is so awesome to be here. I'm so excited. I can't (laughs) believe it. And wow, what a dream. (laughs) We are also so excited to any of our longtime listeners. Listeners, you probably recognize Aisha's name and voice. She's been on many podcast episodes in the past. And if you haven't heard her story, make sure to go back and listen. But we are so thrilled to have you, Aisha, and you're just such a treasured part of this team. And so we are so, so grateful for you. And we also just want to clear the air that this onboarding is from a very beautiful place. Martha is crushing it at her day job. And we wanted to make sure that she had that space to pursue that and also have time for her family and just everything else in life that comes our way. And so we miss her dearly. We love her dearly. She'll always be a special part of the team. But in celebration of her crushing her day job and Dear Nikki Mama continuing to move forward, we're super excited to have Aisha here. So Aisha, Hi, yes, I have some big shoes to fill. And unfortunately, I am not as funny as Martha. So we're going to be we're going to be missing a little (laughs) bit of that comedic um, specialness that she brought to the podcast. But I am so happy. And yes, it's, you know, as Nikki moms, we know that there are seasons. And in those seasons, Mm -hmm. we have to, to do what's best for our families. And we're so proud mm-hmm. of Martha for taking that step. And and she knows that she has mm-hmm. such a big place in all of our hearts and in my heart. And her story yes, has been always. instrumental in my healing journey. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm just really grateful for her and how she's paved the way. And so grateful to be here mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. be part of this because, yeah, the podcast has been such a resource for me in my journey and listening to all the stories of moms, of specialists and experts. It's surreal to to then now also kind of be part of it and and give back as well. So thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. And I'm really excited for this new season. We are too. I'm very excited. When Martha made the official announcement that she'd be stepping back from the podcast, it was kind of like a Oh, you know, because me and her had such a banter and we just kind of had this like podcast connection. And so it took us a minute to just think about like, you know, what do we want the podcast to look like moving forward? Because the podcast isn't going anywhere. It's still such a special and important part of our mission and what we do. And so when we started to think about like, you know, what type of voice, what type of personality, what type of 
heart would really be um, essential in keeping the podcast and moving forward. You were definitely the first name that came to mind. And so I'm so excited to have you a part of it. And um, I know that you will nurture and take care of this sisterhood beautifully. And so it's going to be a wonderful next season. And I'm so happy to have you a part of it. Well, mamas, what a whirlwind. We got through the holidays. 2024 kicked off. Um, if you are a Swifty, um, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, and I don't know if you could ask for more than that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm not uh, even either. a Swifty. Uh, I'm not even no. a true Swifty, but I was invested because it was fun to watch it with Absolutely. people who were. Absolutely. So I um yeah. So I feel like it broke the internet. Basically, I mean, she's killing it. So go go really go, women! Is. You know. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. But no, it was, uh, I think I, you know, we hopped into cold and flu season and I know so many of our community have been sick or worried about sickness or all of the above. It's just like always a crazy time of year. And so thank you for giving us the space to take that break to really reflect on 2023 and what we hope 2024 can offer in regards to the podcast. But we're super excited for what's to come. And we just want to reiterate, too, that the heart and purpose of the podcast is not going anywhere, that the mission and purpose and heart of the podcast is not going anywhere. And so if you are a new listener, um, you know, the podcast is really just a gentle way for you to be able to connect with other moms from the safety of where your heart feels safe. So for some, that's at NICU bedside. For others, that's commuting to and from the NICU. For others, that's at home with your baby, or maybe you're five, 10 years out from your experience and you're really just processing it all. Um, so really, it's just you get to press play, you get to press pause as your heart feels ready for it. And so we have, you know, a variety of episodes from specialists that's specialize in maternal mental health, obstetrics, the NICU, all of the above. We have roundtable episodes, which we're excited to do more of in the upcoming season. Um, and then, of course, just stories of hope from NICU moms themselves. And so it's going to be a beautiful It really eight. is. I'm so excited. <laughs> and I'm so excited to continue to learn because I've learned so much through these episodes mm-hmm. to continue to be inspired by stories of hope that you mentioned and it's yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be Mm -hmm. really special and I think we're really excited to hear more from you NICU moms who are part of the sisterhood Mm -hmm. and so it's gonna be it's gonna be real special so I'm really excited I love it. Well, and for our very first episode, it is going to be a little bit of a different one. Um, We're doing a mama's call-in episode. Now, we've done these before in the past, but we thought it would be fitting with Valentine's Day to do an episode um, to have moms in our sisterhood call or write in and share about dates or just more special moments that they had with their partners in the NICU. Uh, We also want to reiterate, too, that we recognize that there are NICU mamas in our sisterhood, many of them, who didn't have a partner to walk through the NICU with. And so we also want you to know that we honor you this Valentine's Day, and um, we see you as valuable, loved, and worthy. And we hope that you just feel really taken care of this holiday, and just know that this sisterhood sees you and honors your significant journey as well. Yes, absolutely. 
So Aisha, in the spirit of this question, do you have a fun story of a date night that you and Andy had together or just a moment that was special that you look back on the NICU and it's like, oh yeah, that one was a good one. Oh my goodness. Yes. One stands out for sure. But um, kind of like how you were saying, I think it's important to recognize like the NICU is such a high pressure, like stressful time. Um, and so mm-hmm. that doesn't go away just because you decide to maybe go out. I mean, we were together the whole time. Um, and we were also in the NICU during COVID. So there was even limited time we could mm-hmm. spend inside of the NICU with our daughter because of COVID restrictions. Right. And just because we weren't physically, um, it, at bedside with our daughter didn't mean that our hearts and our minds weren't there as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, I think it was so important and valuable for us to also recognize that we needed each other and we needed to take care of each other during this time. Um, And so Mm -hmm. uh, we definitely tried to make it a priority as much as we could to, Mm -hmm. to see each other and um, meet each other where we were at and where we needed to be cared for. Um, And so my husband is a huge foodie. Like he, (laughs) if we go on a trip, what he is doing is researching all the best restaurants to eat at while I'm doing like all like sightseeing and like where to go. Like he, he, we plan it around like what restaurants we're going to go eat because he just loves, loves food. And we're from Chicago or the surrounding um, cities of Chicago and we have really good restaurants and like really nice high-end like Michelin star restaurants that we would never ever in a million years be able to go to really. But because of this little thing called COVID restaurants, I don't (laughs) know if you remember, but restaurants weren't really doing that well because no one could go to them. Yeah. Yeah. So what they decided to do was um, do a lot of takeout options and like bring food to your home and like have the experience of this of a restaurant at your home and one of these particular restaurants was um alinea and it is um <gasps> oh yes like the, the alinea oh my gosh wait i think i've seen a <laughs> documentary or something yes. <gasps> no we actually watched that documentary in chicago when we were there because yeah. it felt like we were in, we might as well that's crazy okay so you know alinea is like that is a real fancy restaurant. Like I think oh, it's like five hundred dollars yeah. a pop to go there, and it's like this <laughs> experience, and it's all about all your senses. And um, yeah, we couldn't even dream about going there. I mean, even getting in t- to get a reservation is like years out. Like you can't get a reservation, and so like every other restaurant, they needed to pivot. They needed to figure out what are we going to do. So they decided to make like an affordable take home. Alinea experience like it was like a 15 course meal that you they packed up and you can pick up and like have it at your house and so (laughs) one night um we decided that we were gonna do it whether we were gonna order our Alinea at home experience (laughs) and it it was awesome I don't think it was particularly a special occasion I think it was just we're gonna do this for ourselves we deserve it Mm -hmm. um we were probably like right in the middle of Ava's NICU stay and um we just brought our 15 course meal home set it all out and had a really lovely 
time together talking and mm. talking about Ava in the NICU, how much we've grown, seeing how much she has grown dreaming of the day that we got to bring her home. And it was a really, really mm. nice, um, like one of a kind uh, date that we really <laughs> wouldn't have had the opportunity to have any other way. So that will be right. treasure oh, forever. So yes. How about you? I love that. I'm just like baffled because we like just watched that documentary and I remember thinking I feel like I I did I looked up the menu just for fun to like see what it would cost to oh, eat there yeah. and I was like yeah that will never no. be a part of our life but <laughs> that's so cool that that happened I it mean was. not that you had to have COVID happen no. but I mean but that's the all about lining, the silver sure. linings yes <laughs> it really is yes for sure um, so I will preface this by saying that this was before Ryan got celiac disease, so he he could eat anything he wanted. So the options in the cafeteria were unlimited. We didn't have to worry about cross-contamination. It was a glorious time. But kind of our tradition, because we were both self-employed at the time, and so we were able to kind of set our own hours as far as like what time in the NICU looked like. So for us, that was basically 24-7. We'd bring our laptops and work and do whatever we needed to do. But every Friday, they had a wood fire pizza night. So we would watch Modern Family and do kangaroo care in the NICU. And then we would hop down to the cafeteria and get pizza. And then um, usually at midnight, we'd get midnight waffles. Oh, my goodness. And oftentimes on like a long day, if it was just one of those days where we just couldn't leave, if he was more critical or if there was like kind of an unexpected mishap, we'd be at the NICU pretty much 24 hours. And so... Sometimes we'd get to that midnight hour and we were like, do you want some midnight waffles? Oh my gosh. So we'd go down to the cafeteria and have that. But those were some of my most precious and favorite times together in the NICU. And it just made it feel more normal of like, I mean, we were in such a surreal thing that, you know, none of our friends were going through Mm -hmm. this, but uh, it felt like, okay, we're making the the most out of this situation with each other. And like you said, it was just so important to still fight for each other Mm -hmm. and for that time. And, you know, I think being in that setting together just gave us the opportunity because, you know, it's like, you know, it wasn't like we were leaving the hospital to go to a restaurant. Like the reality of like, we're still in a hospital. Mm-hmm. We're still in the hospital cafeteria. There's patients all around the room. There's people receiving the best news of their life, the worst news of their life. Our son is fighting for his life, mm-hmm. but we haven't have showered for days. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that. If I ever write a book one day, I think there'll be a chapter called Midnight Waffles. Oh, my gosh. Like, that's <laughs> lovely. Well, because, <laughs> you know, as you were saying that, it it made me think those moments become sacred, you know? Like, they become a mm-hmm. something that you can kind of hold on to and cling to. And so it's so beautiful. Yeah. And, oh, my goodness, I love that title. <laughs> you have to write it now. <laughs> right. It has to be in the book now yes, if I ever write a book Of course. Someday. That's so beautiful. I love it. Well, like you said, we asked our NICU community, our sisterhood, to write in and call in for their um, special dates with their significant others. And the responses were so sweet. And Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to share them and just to even maybe give ideas to NICU moms that may be right now in the NICU. A reminder that you too can take time with your significant other and like you said fight for each other and and seek those moments where you can strengthen that bond Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely i love it 
Yes. So we will start off with some um, submissions we got via email, and then we'll end the episode with some voicemails. So Aisha, do you want to kick off the first submission we got from Emma? Yes. And so this is Emma from Wisconsin. And she wrote in, she said, while our 31-weeker was in the NICU, we were staying at the Ronald McDonald house. We didn't get out much, and most of our dates were in the hospital cafeteria or the outdoor patio at the house. But one night in particular, we we were determined to have a real date. We first went to Target, yes, Target, to buy some bottles, (laughs) then wanted to go out to eat. We had spent all day in the NICU, so we were exhausted and definitely looking um, the part many places had already closed their kitchens for the night, but there was a small Thai restaurant that was still open. It ended up being some of the best food we'd ever had. And while we didn't talk much outside of our baby fighting for her life, it was so nice to just enjoy a meal together outside of the hospital. The night ended with us completely passed out watching Shit's Creek, which became the comedic <laughs> relief we needed during this time. Our dates aren't much more exciting now since we are trying our best to raise a strong, wild toddler. (laughs) Strong-willed toddler. (laughs) I love that. Oh, I like feel like when I'm reading these, I like picture it has like a movie. It totally is. Yes. We got some good writers in our community. We do. Thank you, Emma, for sharing that. that. Now I want to watch Shit's Creek too. It's so have you seen it? It's actually (laughs) so funny. so funny i yes we all need those shows yes especially when we're going through something traumatic yeah we need to a break yes (laughs) so good okay well the next one i see is from francesca she is from lockport illinois she writes in my second son who is a 32 weeker was in the nicu for 55 days finally the day came where they told me to bring his car seat in for his car seat test I brought it in, and my husband and I stayed there waiting until it was done, and he passed. As soon as he was done, they told us he would be discharged the next day. Our nurse suggested my husband and I go out to dinner for a date night because, quote, it would be a while before we could do that again. We took her advice and went out to dinner and had the best time talking about how far our baby has come and how excited we were for him to come home and meet his big brother. And our nurse was right. The next time we went out to dinner, just the two of us was two years later, (laughs) the day before our 32-week twins were to be discharged. Oh my goodness. It's the best memory, and I'm so glad that we did. I love that. That's so beautiful. And also, kudos to the nurse who say, encouraged you yes, guys to do that. Nurses out. are seriously heroes. They totally are. <laughs> Always looking out for so us. Beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I love, I love that. that so much. And, I mean, it reminds me how fast things can happen, too, in the NICU. Like, one day you're, like, mm-hmm. in it, and then the next they're, like, okay, you're going home. And it's just, like, a yeah. whirlwind. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Oh, well, that was really sweet. Um, So then we have Laura, (laughs) and she is from Maine. My name is Laura, and my favorite memories from the NICU were being able to video chat my husband at lunchtime. I'd be in our son's room so he could see and talk to our little man. We could connect, and it was something we both looked forward to. He hated having to work while our son was in the hospital, but this was a really nice way for him to really feel even more included. If I knew our son would have a first, I waited until my husband could be there that night after work. He was able to give our son his first bottle and did his first bath together. 
Our 33 and three-weeker will be two on March 26th. I affectionately referred to him as our beautiful tornado. He's thriving and we couldn't be more proud. And then she says to all the mamas, she goes, the days are long and many moments were scary and full of unknowns. Forcing myself to find some morsel of happy in the trauma helped me get through it. Having something to look forward to also helped. Sending you so much love and strength. XOXO Laura. I love that. Yes. I think she sheds a good light too on just like the reality that, you know, like you mentioned, especially during COVID, a lot of times you weren't able to be there at the same time. And so Mm -hmm. sometimes dates or just connection points looked like video chats, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't make them any less significant. In fact, maybe even more because that's that's what you had to fight to have absolutely so i love yes. that she wrote that in yeah, beautiful perspective let's see so tiffany wrote in and she is from florida and she writes every wednesday a lady would bring us dinner so we didn't have to cook we would sit on our patio and watch the sunset and eat our dinner and have in capital letters no NICU talk <laughs> <laughs> i don't think we have had a meal on our patio just the two of us since they came home but it was the one night of the week i looked forward to mm. i, love, I that. love that too and i love the intentionality of setting a time mm-hmm. and a day in the week to do that and it also is such a sweet reminder of like it takes a village and the people that are around us mm-hmm. can be a part of that too and so that was really sweet that someone would cook for them that's so nice <laughs> yeah absolutely all right, so then we have Sarah, and she doesn't say where she's from, so I'll just say Sarah. So next up we have Sarah, and she writes, we didn't have date nights, but we obviously ate out basically every day. We were tight on money since my husband wasn't working, so we'd have $20 dates. We'd go out to eat at places like Olive Garden and Outback while trying to keep it under $20. It was definitely interesting. During something so stressful, I definitely think it's important to take care of yourself and each other to, too because your baby needs you to be okay. Mm, that's so awesome and i love the challenge too i bet that was very interesting <laughs> i know i'm like now i want some olive garden breadsticks oh my gosh yes <laughs> i love it all right and then lastly for our write-in prompt we have from jennifer she wrote i wouldn't call it a date well maybe it was i stayed at the hospital and didn't go home during her four-month NICU stay he could only come over every six to nine days because he was a department manager and getting two days off in a row was hard. He did his snuggles with our girl when he was able to, but he said, she's getting the best care she can. I'm here to care for you. That is a story. <laughs> so he would take me out since I didn't have transportation. Mall Chinese and movies in my boarding manor room. Someone got him an Outback gift card, so he took me out took me out once. Our quote dates was time we got to see each other. Even cooking dinner together in the manor counted. Oh, that's so sweet. I love I that. Love that. <laughs> yes. Oh, these are so beautiful. Yeah. Thank you to all of the mamas who wrote in to share their response to the Valentine's prompt. And we will definitely be doing more Mama's Call-In episodes in the upcoming seasons. But um, this was a fun one to kick off Valentine's it was. Day. Yes. Well, to close out the episode, we have some special voicemails. So we will hop into those right now. My name is Jessica, and I'm calling from Alberta, Canada. My husband and I, we 
were in the NICU with our daughter um, kind of during the height of COVID. And so he was very restricted in that he couldn't come to the hospital with me. Um, and I was also staying at Ronald McDonald House because our NICU was out of the city that we live in. And so he wasn't allowed to be there either. So he was at home uh, with our dogs and I was alone in the city with our daughter in the NICU. And so our um, ability to have dates was very limited. Uh, but uh, one thing that we do love to do is that we play board games. Um, so that's something that we enjoy doing in our spare time. And so we actually managed to find a way to play Battleship over FaceTime. Uh, so again, not like a super exciting date night idea, but uh, we were in the middle of quarantine. We couldn't go anywhere. Uh, I was alone. He was alone in our prospective cities. Um, well, we were exactly where we needed to be at that time. And so um, we made it work for us. Uh, it was really fun. We just kind of put the boards, uh, like put our ships on our boards and then played the game as you normally would. But we were just over FaceTime. And uh, so it was something simple. Uh, and so we just made sure that uh, the point where we did get a chance to meet up that we each had a board with us and so um we did that many many nights uh we were in the NICU uh, with our daughter for six and a half months and so we had plenty of time to to get our battleship games in but that was something that was really special to us because uh, we could chat while we played uh and just did something that kind of helped get our minds off of everything else that was going on so yeah happy to share my response thanks so much love the podcast bye Hi, dear Nikki Mama. Uh, my name is Melissa, and I am from Green, Ohio. Um, and I just wanted to share um, what our Valentine's Day in the NICU looked like in 2014. Um, my husband and I had our first child. She was born on February 13th, 2014. And I delivered in one hospital, and then she had to be transferred to a different hospital that had an appropriate NICU for her. Because I had a C-section, I I was not able to go visit her that first day. And during that time, our hospital did not offer like a day pass to go visit your baby. Um, you had to be discharged. And so I was just stuck in my hospital while she was in hers. And the following day on Valentine's Day, the NICU had called and said, uh, we need you to come as soon as you can. Um, your daughter is not doing well, and we want you to be able to be with her. So the hospital I was in quickly discharged me and got me over to see her. Um, it was there we were told that um infection had just kind of taken over her body and there was not much more they could do for her that the machines were um no longer gonna be able to keep her alive and um the doctor then looked over and said i i think every mom deserves to hold their baby and asked if i would like to hold her and um at first, I felt a little hesitant to do so because I felt scared. Um, I felt just worried about um, her passing in my arms. I didn't know if I could handle that emotionally. And, um, but I went ahead and said, 
yes, like that I would, I wanted to hold her because I felt like there was nothing I could do for her in that moment except to just hold her and let her feel secure and let her know that her mom was right there with her as she left this life. Um, so she ended up passing um, just a few moments after that on Valentine's Day. My husband and I look back on, you know, that Valentine's Day, and there's a lot of pain there, and there will always be some hurt when we um, look back on that day, but also, like, the deepest love that we have ever felt in our lives happened that Valentine's Day when we got to meet our daughter and spend time with her. And um, so we were able to have three children after her. And every Valentine's Day, we um, we continue to celebrate their big sister, Audrey. And we do it with a little Valentine's Day party. And we do cake. And um, we just celebrate the impact that she had on our lives and that we know she had on um, other people's lives around us and around her. And um, we just celebrate her life and the love that we have for her. So that is what our Valentine's Days look like. Hi, my name is Megan. I'm from Duluth, Minnesota. And a fun date night memory that my husband and I had from when we were in the NICU was there was a big football game going on. Um, we were fans of different teams at the time, and they were playing each other. And I remember sitting in the room. We grabbed popcorn, um, microwaved it in the NICU, made all the nurses jealous, um, brought comfy blankets, and just kind of turned the little couch in there, like the futon, into, um, like, it just a cozy little couch. Um, it was around Christmas time, and I remember my daughter had her little Christmas tree up in the room, um, and I just remember how cozy it was, and the nurses came in, and they were like, oh, my gosh, this is the best, and so I feel like these little moments making it a little more special with, like, an extra comfy blanket or your favorite snack, um, just, you know, being in that space with my daughter, we could have left and watched the game elsewhere, but it felt just so intimate and special um, to kind of envision what family life would be like after the NICU. Hi, dear NICU mama. My name is Maddie, and I live in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Today, our question was, what was one of our favorite date nights in the NICU? And I would say that uh, my husband and I had a 27 and 2 little girl. And we spent 12 days in the hospital with myself. So our first six days was before our daughter was born and our six days after she was born. And our entire time as a couple, we really spent putting together puzzles. So I would say that that was like one of the most memorable times of our journey. And I will forever cherish it because it felt like it was what we were supposed to do to stay connected as just a couple. It was beautiful. So, yeah. Well, thank you to all of our moms who left voicemails for our prompt. It's so fun to hear the voices and just where you guys are listening from and how you tune into the podcast. So thank you for taking the time to share those. If you follow us on Instagram, seven days ago it says we posted a post and one of our writers, Lindsay, wrote it. And I just think it would be such a beautiful way to kind of close out the episode for any of our mamas listening who experienced a separation after the NICU or a divorce or are navigating that currently in the NICU. And so as we kind of close out, the quote of this piece is, 
Divorce or separation after the NICU is not a reflection of your worthiness. Mm -hmm. And I won't read all of it. Make sure we'll take the post in the show notes. But she writes in here, sometimes a NICU stay tests our connection. We process things differently. One needs contemplative silence while the other needs to share. One turns to old habits while the other seeks out new comforts. One takes on the outside world, other children, work responsibilities, while the other dives into the NICU. It can feel like you're watching each other through a screen, and you might wonder if you'll find your way back to each other again. Sometimes a NICU stay reshapes our priorities. We realize that our new needs and patterns are no longer compatible, that a relationship isn't evolving with us. Things adjust, expectations change, and the relationship ends. The future holds new possibilities, even as we mourn the couple we were and the family we had envisioned. After the losses we already experienced, it can feel like a brutal blow. But remember, Nikki Mama, seasons change, even the cruelest winter thaws, and new beauty emerges. Most importantly, give yourself grace. You are both healing, but healing is not always linear or easy. Know that your best is enough, and trust that you will both find your way. Mm. That is so beautiful. Thank you, Lindsay. Yes. (laughs) We love you, Lindsay. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that is so beautiful. And, yeah, just a reminder to the mamas that it isn't your fault. What um, Mm -hmm. you guys are going through, what we've all been through, even in our relationships as we navigate the NICU, um, it's not your fault. And you are doing the best you can with, what you have right in front of you and um that is enough so like Lindsay says be gentle with yourselves love yourselves and love on those little nikki babies those little little (laughs) valentines you have (laughs) i love it well happy season eight we're excited to be back we will be back next week with a new episode but it is so fun to be back and to be here connecting with all of you and if you are a new listener make sure to listen to all of the episodes before this we have seven seasons of content and all of them are wonderful Mm -hmm. and so there's unlimited listening yes (laughs) to come so we love you all happy valentine's day and we will catch you guys next week bye Thank you so much for listening to the Dear NICU Mama podcast. If you loved this episode, we'd be so grateful for a review. For more ways to connect with the Dear NICU Mama sisterhood, check out the links in the episode description. 